And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, Amazon, entrepreneurship. I'm super excited about our guests. We actually have a surprise for you today. We have two guests with us today, so we're going to be sharing a little bit of mic time, but I'm really excited to get into their story. Before we do, let's give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode. Gusto has modern solutions for modern HR problems, whether it's talent, payroll, onboarding tools, Gusto's HR platform has it all for you. Be smarter than your competitors. Try a three-month free subscription now. Just sign up at gusto.com backslash startup hustle to get started. That's gusto.com backslash startup hustle. And we'll talk a little bit more about Gusto as we go. Chris and Leah, welcome to the show. Hey, Thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah, I'm super excited. You guys have your own podcast that does very well. You run your own conferences. You've been in the Amazon space a very long time. I guess e-commerce space, really. Um, have heard of you guys, have, have seen your names everywhere. So just uh, privileged and glad and grateful to have you on the show. I think our listeners will be too. Um, you guys are currently in Vegas, just attended the ASD show. Is that right? Yeah, we're on Vegas time, and I'm not entirely sure what that means at this point. It's been a long few days. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, like, they might not be sober. We don't really know, guys. <laughs> um, but maybe we'll get some good stuff. No, but I really do appreciate you stepping away from from whatever you have there, your responsibilities to be with us today. Um, you know, this is Startup Puzzle is a show by founders for founders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of... Um, c-suite type of listeners and um you know, or or even beneath that marketing vps whatever but it's, it's decision makers in their businesses that are dealing with a lot of the things that we all deal with um so not necessarily people thinking to get started but more so people that are in the job in the weeds in the dirt um doing it so i like just whenever we share just share as much as you'd like and, and dig sure. into that i know not all shows are the same but i like to get into it i i Gave you guys a little heads up about wanting to get into your stories. And I know you Mm -hmm. both have your own story, I'm sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But Leah, maybe we start with you. um, And we just piggyback and forth, like not talking about the business you guys are in now, but like, let's start with when did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Uh, When I was in elementary school. So a while, obviously, I didn't call it that (laughs) when I was that age. I didn't even know that word until recently. Right. But I actually, I wanted to, I wanted to have restaurants when I was little. Okay. Um, I actually, I am a qualified chef, but I never followed that path after that. Okay. So, yeah, okay. it's been a long time that I've wanted to be an entrepreneur. Chris? I wanted to, when I left Amazon, I wanted to help sellers understand the, the messy Amazon ecosystem. And so I suppose by creating a consultancy, that was my first foray into business ownership. Um, I wasn't somebody that you like a brand who wanted to make a product and wanted to share their vision for a product and make Mm -hmm. life easier or better for people. So I wasn't a product creator, but I wanted to create a service. And I saw a one-to-one relationship between the work I was doing at Amazon. And then on the other side is a seller advocate where I could create that service, help people out, help them save money if they're, if they're suspended, 
Um, so I suppose it was within a year, I took a year off after I left Amazon, but within that year, just kind of backpacking around different countries, thinking about things, what I want to do next, uh, creating a business was really the next logical step for me. I love it. I didn't, um, think about being a business owner either. I always had side hustles, but mm -hmm. it's more like just professional curiosity when I found e-commerce and just like absolutely wanting to understand the algorithm, understanding the platform, how it worked, like tinker with it, um, you know, get better results. And for some small businesses, I was crushing it. And I just like wanted to tell the world, I guess it was like, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my God, like, you know, these are, this can help so many businesses. Like think of all the people I can help. Um, when was it that you left Amazon? 2012. 2012. Okay, 2012. so early. We're approaching my 10th anniversary of leaving Amazon. And I guess I've been doing this for, I took a little bit more than a year off. So I've been doing this for eight years-ish. Um, and one of the things that when I first met Leah, I knew that she had helped manage a startup and manage an Amazon account. Uh, and we kind of shared notes about, oh, I never did that, but I worked at Amazon, but also just travel. I mean, I thought, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur or even a business owner. I wanted to be a travel writer. I, I wanted to just travel, write stories, some fiction, nonfiction. That was kind of my, my goal way back in the day. Um, but because of all the Amazon experience, I, I hung the shingle, I added some content on LinkedIn and I was deluged with requests. So it started, you know, I set up e-commerce, Chris thinking, oh, this will be a one man show. This will just be me and maybe an assistant. And it just grew. I mean, that's how Leah and I ended up Can I tell him how we meeting. met? Uh, yeah, you can tell him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we actually met on OkCupid, but never dated. Okay. Um, okay. And, and I just, when we, when we, saw each other on OkCupid, I was like, oh, you're like the same person because it was travel, e-commerce. Um, but I was in Bali, which I failed to, <laughs> which I failed to disclose <laughs> at the beginning of our conversation. It was like the Boston OK version of OkCupid. It's been years and years, but uh, okay. I, I was on the Boston so because just, I live in Boston. Right. So, yeah. so we started chatting. We never actually dated. And then no. we ended up working together because we realized we had like the opposite sides of the same coin of e-commerce experience. <laughs> complimented no. each other, but yeah. also just really, we talked about e-commerce and business right. from the get-go. <laughs> we realized that we both shared well, that's that passion. Um, that's rare. There was no right. need for any other passion at that point. <laughs> exactly. It was like, I don't want to ruin this. Like yeah, I found yeah. a friend, like I found no, a friend. But a lot of people, I mean, we do, like you were saying, we're in Vegas now. We do our own conference, the Seller Velocity Conference. We do a lot of public appearances together. We do a workshop at the Prosper show and we have separate talks at Prosper this year. A lot of people, it's interesting, just assume we're married or we're together. Or I'm his assistant. Or, well, or the, the worst case scenario. <laughs> Never, that she, God forbid. Yeah. Well, I like I'm to not think, sure which one of those annoyed me more yeah, actually. I mean, pe people ask like, does Leah work for you? It's like, I'd, I'd rather think she works with me. You know, we're colleagues and we work together, not some sort of structure where there's an owner and there's a, you know, employer employee relationship Chris, i think we're going to be friends i think i think yeah i like everything you're saying so far i'm just going to be honest with you like i found this business because i love travel and, and the mm -hmm. pursuit of freedom as well um i could have been in bali you know <laughs> living there with three or four brands and been living right. like a king i mm -hmm. like building a team so i you know i slowed down to build a team because i didn't want to be by myself just like this one man show yeah um and i worked very closely, you know, with my sisters, um, they were the first to kind of there. I didn't meet Aaliyah that was that was mm -hmm. in e-commerce and had the same passions as me when I was because I think I started in like 2012, 13 mm -hmm. um, when I first found e-commerce. 
and no one believed in what I was doing, at least in the Midwest. In Kansas City, it wasn't happening. I wasn't, you know, I couldn't find anything online. I couldn't find other, you know, there was some conferences, maybe not Amazon focused. And I was right. like consuming anything I could. But um, my sister, Veronica, is with me a lot. She'll, they'll be with me at Prosper, uh, Veronica in Brooklyn. But they um, are brilliant, by the way. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they gave up a master's in engineering and that career to come build this with me so many years ago. And, um, you know, we're everywhere together. They are the brains. I'm like, not even the face, but I have to be, uh, so, you, look you know, great. you look started, fantastic. Started putting my, I'll get a shave. Okay. I'll get a shave, but <laughs> no, I like the beard. That there's makes nothing wrong out. with facial hair. Nothing at all. We get a lot of that though. People are like, you know, are you guys a husband and wife couple mm -hmm. or, you know, and it's like, yep. no, actually we're just chasing our dreams together. Um, and yeah. you know, what better than with someone that has the same vision? You know, so I love that. So you guys meet on OKCupid. Um, <laughs> you guys like, were you like, hey, I've got more work than I can handle. Like, I need some help. Was that kind of how it went down? Uh, no, or? actually, uh, he showed me his website. Right. She wasn't a, a consultant to Amazon sellers at the time. She didn't want to consult clients. So it was a marketing. She was helping me create the website because my website was basically just a lot of people telling me I needed to have one. I was getting a lot of business through LinkedIn mm. and I didn't have the motivation to create a sleek new website until people kept asking those that were referring clients to me, hey, look, I think we need to show them a website before they call you, before they email you, so that you know they'll have some information in hand. And Leah did a great job on the website. Uh, if you're good. From there, you, yeah. I didn't have a website either for a long time. I had one. I've actually paid like four marketing companies to get it right because, mm -hmm. you know, marketing companies for the most part can't be trusted. But, <laughs> but uh, same thing. I mean, like mine was Upwork. We, you were LinkedIn in regards to like just like kind of exactly. getting some momentum there and it like just rolling. And I didn't need I didn't need to do marketing for Marknology. I didn't need like I mean, not that I didn't need I didn't have time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just like <laughs> the business was. was coming in like crazy. Um, why focus on that when I have like client work to, to work on? And the thing was, is it was always the clients that were the focus, not not myself or not, you know, Marknology right. um, and understanding that branding and trust building and all that takes, you know, that's what they're talking about there. But um, in those early days, it was just simply supply and demand and there wasn't enough to go yeah. around. That's exactly. How I felt about it. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't spending money on ads. I wasn't marketing. I wasn't doing social media. I mean, she jumped in and helped me build the social media part. Um, I mean, I've used social media and Facebook, but not for business purposes before this business. And she had already had tons of experience with that. So it just kind of, we kept adding one. Well, we, start to, we yeah. started talking about the membership pretty early on too. Yep. I mean, we realized pretty quickly that not all Amazon sellers could afford thousands of dollars in services all of the time. So we wanted to have some sort of informational product available for people who wanted to spend a couple hundred dollars instead right. of thousands of dollars. So we started working on our yearly membership pretty quickly as well. Smart. Again, using both of our knowledge of Amazon yeah. to put it down onto paper. Using, using also some spotty Wi-Fi in Ireland, if I recall. <laughs> yes, yes. She was in one country and I was in another and we agreed to meet in Ireland. And just like make it happen in two weeks. <laughs> just She wasn't even planning to go to Ireland, but you were in Scotland or Morocco, I was in Morocco or something. Yeah. Oh my God, um, I love you guys. And I was, well, I was going to Ireland with a friend of mine who I know from Seattle and he did work at Amazon, but we did not work together. And he, his company was, you know, those companies that are in Dublin have a headquarters in Ireland. They were in Dublin and we went to Dublin for a week and everyone kept saying it's blue skies. It's sunny. It's never like this in June. I think it was late May. 
Uh, you guys don't know how lucky you are. Yeah, we had, like, the and of course, weather. yeah, we had a great week. And uh, day five or six at the end of that week, we said, well, we're going to Galway. We're going to the west coast of Ireland next. And they were like, oh, well, now you're talking about gray. It's going to be gloomy, whatever you had here. We go out to Galway. We're on the west coast of Ireland. And uh, it was more blue skies. <laughs> it was I'll show you some pictures sometime. I would uh, love that. Because it was just like every single day I was in Ireland was supposed to be gloomy and dark and cloudy and misty. And I feel like it, it worked out 14 very well. days of sunshine. Well, because I think yeah. originally we were just like, we're just going to hole up. We're going to rent a house. We're going to get yep. in there and we're going to make this happen in two weeks. And we ended up spending a lot of time outside. But I think that actually worked out better. I think we mm -hmm. you come up with, with better ideas when you're you're doing something else and you're just talking rather than just sitting in a room trying to right. brainstorm. It's what a must. Like, you know, yeah. like it's. I have a I have a strong circle. They're not all e-commerce, you know, focused entrepreneurs or, um, you know, ones in um, application security at a hospital here in KC. One is a uh, does a lot of real estate. Me and him own a business together doing Airbnbs. But he's like, mm -hmm. you know, been military intelligence and traveled the world for a career. And we take we take trips together, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, a lot of times it's not even that they're in my business or, you know, we're brainstorming some of those things. But it's even when we're out walking or getting inspired or like, you know, at a bar or at restaurants or those are right. when some of the best ideas hit versus being in like a think tank somewhere, you know? Yeah, so the other, yeah. The other week we, I was in the hot tub and then 10 minutes after getting out of the hot tub, I'm like, Oh, this is what we're going to do in our, in our prospect workshop. It's like oh, 10 minutes. Right. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yep. First trip I was, in, we were in South Carolina. That was great. Yeah. Um, first, my first time down there, but really nice weather. And then what I was swimming laps in the pool. While yeah, he you were. was swimming laps while I was writing down what we were going to do at Prosper. Yeah, exactly. And when you, you learn that, when you I learn saw, that, I saw comes. the light bulb going off over her head while I was swimming in the pool. I looked over at her and I saw the light bulb hovering over her head. So I knew it was time to get out and talk about her brainstorm. You're like, she's got an idea and she's mm -hmm. going to burst if she don't get it out. That's right. Uh, I had that same thing happen to me last week at a, a music show. I was on mm -hmm. a Lane Eight show. Yeah. And I was just there with my my friends, you know, in a good environment. And I was just like, oh, my God, I have an idea for how I'm going to frame this. It was a writing piece and just like how it's going to come together. I've been thinking about it a while. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just like, boom, I've got it. Like, I've got mm -hmm. it, you know. And it was uh, when you learn that, I think, like even early on, um, whether it's business or not, you kind of learn where your ideas come from. Mm -hmm. It becomes like necessary. Right. So right. then like travel and having fun and those things become necessary in order to be as good as you are on the other side like um, and i take that very seriously well and especially when you're traveling you're meeting so many interesting people that you just wouldn't otherwise have met so just the ideas that you can bounce off those people or ideas that they bring up that you just never would have thought of is it's just a totally different experience i miss travel so much yeah. well if you guys pick a mastermind in a weird location i want the invite and i'll you know yep. so you pick morocco or something i'm coming <laughs> yeah how do you feel about bend oregon in in late april this year I'm, because yeah i'm in i'll bring the jeep yeah. and the drone and whatever we'll figure it out i'm sure yes. there's some trees and snow that would look cool and oh um, yeah not only that i mean we we designed the network some of the networking situations to include outdoor activities that's one okay. reason why you can't go to bend and be inside right. the whole time that's right just a we don't want people lingering in a conference hall or an exhibitor hall and not and the only time they talk to somebody else is in a dark pub just drinking i mean that's fine too you can have a drink <laughs> have a great conversation maybe you have three drinks you have a better conversation but the point is for our conference, especially Seller Velocity, you know, we, we have Mount Bachelor 20 minutes drive from Bend. 
um, and there's hiking that you can do. Um, I'm sure there'll be some mount mountain bikers who attend. Skiing. Mountain bikes are easy to come by and bend. Yeah. So um, that's what we, we don't do it in the same city every year. Uh, bend might be one that we want to return to just because of the quality of the activities around the conference itself. So well, it sounds awesome. Um, and I'll have to check it out. I'm just getting plugged into a lot of stuff. Like, um, it's like, you know, been doing it a long time, but just was like in my hole, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. up until okay. like probably 2019 and then mm -hmm. we had the pandemic and here right, we are. Right. So, um, no, I love it. It's a, it's like, you know, the community part is very invigorating to me. I mean, it can be tiring like anything else, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, but there were so many years doing this with passion without those people to share those ideas with and to build yeah. with. And, um, you know, it's, it's also that the abundance mindset part of it, you know, there's so many businesses and brands and manufacturers worldwide that are just like, and there's a limited amount of us that do what we do. So, right. you know, it's right. like, it's like, Oh my gosh, there's so much to go around. Um, I want to bring it back to you guys. Okay. So, okay. We talked to Oregon, we talked how you guys met, how you come up with some ideas for this speaking thing. You guys, so you were in Ireland. Is that when you came up with like the courses or is that whenever you guys developed kind of like your business model? Um, so we had already discussed doing the courses. We specifically went to Ireland to build the courses out. Um, Chris was already consulting at that point. I was, I was already about a year and a half into the consulting and I had... At that point, I said, I'm only going to hire uh, ex-Amazon colleagues, people that worked on my team or at least worked on a re relevant, similar team. Yeah. And I want to talk um, about that, too. But keep yeah. Going. And, and we do. We have, you know, others that worked in Amazon. I'm the um, only consultant at e-commerce that didn't me, work at Amazon. <laughs> well, it was a good lesson for me. I mean, we're, we're talking about creative entrepreneurship and, and development as you go. Um, Leah didn't work in Amazon, but in her subject matter expertise areas, she knows more than a lot of ex-Amazonians I've met, whether it's at something like the Prosper Show or at our Seller Velocity Conference, or even just people I knew from when I was working there, uh, because she understands you know, complex listing problems. She understands brand registry better than some current Amazonians that are currently working there. That's yes. what I find really interesting about her, her work lately. Or well, I'd like, I'd like to talk to about that because I've met a little bit of both. And I think like... There's this like kind of chip on the shoulder, you know, whenever you're learning this and obsessing about this and you see brands or manufacturers or whoever working with someone just because they're an ex-Amazonian, mm -hmm. when you know that you talk to like ignorant Amazonians all the time, right? right? And I say that in general, general sense, right? So you're calling Amazon, you're like, oh my God, here's another ads person that's going to tell my brand to spend more money. Yeah. And it's all mm -hmm. cliche now, but when this stuff was first coming out, it was like, yeah, I'm, I've obsessed about this platform from from 1P to Vendor Express, or what was it? Vendor Express. Vendor oh, yeah, Vendor yeah. Express. Yeah. The one in the oh, middle. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. The one that was like gave us some branding touches like before mm -hmm. Seller Central got them right and Brand yeah. Registry mm -hmm. 1 and Brand Registry 2 and working on brands that were grandfathered when Canada was a separate marketplace and now they're combined and you have some yep. people on the old ones. And like when you've, <laughs> where we were, I feel like we leaned into the problems because that was the business we were getting. Bus businesses were hiring me to solve problems for right. them. So time after time after time, I was getting this like database or experience base of like problem solving, which has set mm -hmm. us up for success today. But at the time, you know, it was like these ex Amazonians, they've worked in like maybe one area. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like very one, siloed, very, very siloed. siloed. And then they would move every so often. I'm like, mm -hmm. how can you have the big picture when you've been siloed? 
I've now since met some very, um, you know, very smart and knowledgeable Amazonians at the time I had. Mm -hmm. Um, but like to our listeners out there, I think you just have to understand that, you know, that's a generalization. And there's some that have worked in like building out categories. There's some that have built, you know, Mm -hmm. um, been involved in very like, I guess, brand building areas of Amazon. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's some that have not. Right. And there's a difference between some have been in biz dev, for example, or like right. signing brands. It's not the same as building them or, or working on the catalog. Or right. Things like right. That. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily make that distinction. Also, just if if what there is what they're consulting in now, does it have anything to do with what they did at Amazon? You know, we see people who used to work on Kindle who are now consulting Amazon sellers and it's like yeah. not really the same thing. I mean, Chris was specifically going from seller performance to helping people deal with seller performance one-to-one stuff right so it went directly across sometimes it's just you know or maybe they worked in seller support and are now consulting in something totally different and i mean i think we've all experienced seller support one reason it was e-commerce chris when i started it was because i intended originally to branch out and not just do amazon it's just that i was exploded with amazon with and and even just i could you know foresee learning other departments, other things at Amazon, but with what time, because it's always this, you know, there's such a need, there's such a demand for this. It's always growing, which is kind of a a concern. Um, But this is mission critical stuff. Some people are losing a product listing, which is their whole business. So their account doesn't get suspended. I mean, obviously if their account suspended, they lose a lot. Um, But even product, individual product listings might do a million a month. Right. Yeah. 12 million gross a year million a year and product. there's sabotage there's pirates down. there's yeah we'll right. say yeah we're now doing abuse stuff yeah. because abuse is just rampant now so we're yeah. helping people report abuse we're helping people defend themselves against yeah. abusers we weren't doing that a few years ago it's i didn't even need. have those services like reporting abuse or or how to get these types of behaviors flagged i didn't even have those services on my site back then well nothing, let me tell you like that i was like this is how i kind of found like i guess the need for Marknology. Um, and you know, our title for today is, um, specifically how to hire e-commerce experts. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether you're getting like someone to build your team internally, or you're looking to hire an agency like ours or consultants or getting advice on some of these things, I think knowing like what they know, like whether we're talking about ex Amazonians or knowing what you're getting is important. Mm-hmm. I started solving for these things by kind of happenstance in the, in that, well, professional curiosity. So I'm not a business, I wasn't a businessman. That was just like, mm-hmm. I see a great opportunity and I'm right. going to build a team around Amazon solve for this. It was, I was, I found e-commerce and was obsessed with e-commerce because it was a perfect blend of like creativity and tech, like marketing and tech. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Go with my name. Um, but I loved that, that hybrid, that middle thing where you needed both. And um, so you could be creative to like make money, which was like super cool. And it was like, <laughs> you had to be kind of good at tech to figure it out and, you know, be able to track data and, at us toy which was like this retailer i was at maybe 10 years ago nine or ten um they were having map pricing issues they were having content issues because they had four brands that were all made for catalog Mm -hmm. they had so we had four different brands while under the same company um you know we were on seller central which was early back then Mm -hmm. to not be on 1p um and we had from internally i was seeing the customer service department not prioritizing amazon i saw like the sales guys getting hurt in the meetings about like me trying to get rid of resellers and you know this wasn't common there's nothing to go to google or youtube to say like is drew 
giving good advice in those meetings. There was mm. like, none of this was out there. Um, it was true, like passion of like, I want to help people. And these hesitations they have around these areas have solutions, you just don't know them. And mm -hmm. like, you know, let me try to help share them. And that was kind of my thinking. But I came from that brand perspective from being at US Toy and seeing like, okay, it's not just that I'm talking to the CEO about getting on Amazon or the VP of marketing about getting on Amazon about doing it right. There's actually like the customer service team that has issues. Mm -hmm. There's the bookkeepers that have issues that are pushing back. There's the sales team. There's the buyers that I'm mm -hmm. now saying, hey, you guys got to give me more information for these listings. How can you be choosing these items as like the best items we should be selling this year and you're giving me nothing, right. you know? Um, and it was like kind of this internal struggle i saw at a company like that size or that was you know and they're not even that large i'm like if they're having these issues like i'm sure everyone's kind of having these issues and it was at least like that was my framework for like creating a company to solve for those things you know and then everything else kind of came about as you dig into those um but it was really just like seeing those issues and being like people really need help like internally even in these meetings as a team saying where are we going to go about speaking to brand protection about speaking right. well, oh my god amazon's going to copy our product or oh yeah. my god like you know people are going to knock it off or uh like you know that fear and i just don't like operating in fear you know so it was like actually these things are possibilities but here's four five six options we can do to mitigate against that and maybe it was my background in computer science and networking and security like more on like the i wouldn't say anti-hacker but like making things <laughs> safe for companies was yeah. like my, my mm -hmm. schooling to like come into that and as an agency be like, let me all these, there's all these problems that can happen, but if you follow the rules, you know, or maximize the rules, like right. we don't even have to deal with these issues. And let me, let me try to help you stay out of trouble kind of thinking. Um, I don't know if that was like a similar journey for you guys, but like, yeah. cause you were internal and you saw that, I guess like I, from the outside saw it from, um, being inside a company like that versus being like an FBA seller or, or something like that. We have a different journey kind of to understanding Amazon. We've, we've spoken to and worked with so many different brands at this point at different stages of their development. Some of them were seasoned and veterans of selling online, but not on Amazon. Others grew as Amazon grew. I mean, we've all revenue levels Mature as well. together. Mm. They did have some reluctance to kind of adopt our thinking, our strategy in terms of look, you built this thing, you want to keep growing it. You also have to protect it. A lot of people have a certain idea of what they want to spend on inventory, a certain amount of, of money for compliance or for right. marketing or SEO or whatever, but they didn't initially want to devote resources to, I got to make sure my account health is clean. I have to make sure that seller performance, my former teams aren't going to come knocking on their door, you know, mm -hmm. sending them warnings, make sure they understood policies. A lot of the brands we talked to, would read a policy, um, good place to start is to actually read it and know what it says, but they would interpret it in a way that was favorable to them and their strategy and their model and their business. And they didn't realize that Amazon might not care what their interpretation was. Amazon yeah. is a, like our house, our rules type company. We all know that um, very few people would disagree. And so they might want to tussle and fight over that, but it's like, okay, well, there's a way to develop a smart marketing strategy. You can do all the things you want to do. You can grow this brand. You can launch new products but do it on Amazon, understanding that Amazon has a certain way, not just for following their policies, but a way they want you to communicate with them when something goes wrong. And if you insist on communicating your way, the way you do with other vendors or your customers or your friends or your family, then they'll say no, or they'll tune you out. And in the end, it's, it's you know, 
going to be better to kind of play it their way. Even as simple as like the way they were creating their listing, some people would come to us. This is how we list our products on our website. And it's not a problem on our website, <laughs> but it's a problem on Amazon. And so they didn't have that Amazon first mentality, which isn't to say Amazon only because I don't recommend Amazon only, right. but you need to have consider Amazon its own separate part of your business rather than just one of your many it's a branch it's yeah Yeah. and it's holistic like holistic e-commerce is what i love and preach and i've been obsessed with e-commerce i just was making my money on amazon and was getting clients with results so those were easy calls right because the hard part of what we do i think is the relationship and the communication and all that i I have i have another question for you guys as a follow-up to that before Mm -hmm. we do let's give a shout out to our sponsor which has made this show possible managing your team can be as easy as one, two, three with Gusto. No more late nights for processing payroll or dealing with business tax filings. No more painful spreadsheets for attendance tracking. Say hello to your new smart HR platform. Check out gusto.com backslash startup hustle to get a free three-month subscription now. That's gusto.com backslash startup hustle. I personally use um, Gusto and it is it is seamless. It's easy. We pay international labor even at times, depending on what country you're in. Um, and it took a lot of the like heavy lifting from us. Um, highly recommend at least giving them a call, demo, checking it out. Gusto.com backslash startup hustle. Okay. The business is out of the way. And you Let's said get... that with Gusto. So <laughs> I think you're covered. Yeah. Thank you. They will be ple- the, the good people at Gusto will be very pleased with you. Yes. I'm, I am I am a, a user and I have an affiliate link. So mm-hmm. that's just a side bonus. But um, okay, I want to ask a question of this one. Like on title with where like, how do you hire e-commerce? How do you hire for e-commerce? You know, that is a big topic in today's because, you know, I don't know about you guys. I've had people poach the last couple of years with all the aggregators and the money coming into the space. Mm -hmm. There's just bigger salaries out there. You know, we've been pioneering this space where we used to get paid pennies to do what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's growing. So in some ways, I love the money coming in because it's bringing professionalism to the space and it's bringing awareness to what we do and the value of it at the same time hiring can be difficult. You know, I think, I think I'm setting you guys up for this one. And if I'm wrong, you guys correct me, (laughs) but like, you know, this sounds um, like a me question so far. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So like on the the marknology side, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've been built to, to be best positioned to help the customers that we're working with. Think like them, act like them. That's how we're incentivized. That's how we're built. It's not a, we'll do it hands off, like easy button, almost like, you know, when Amazon retail was, was big signing big clients in the beginning was like, you don't have to actually learn e-commerce just like here's a PO. um, And we're going to sell on our platform with your stuff. Cool. Businesses didn't have to learn anything. Um, And then there's, you know, there's the business models where our send us your product on consignment or brand direct, or we'll Mm -hmm. buy from you and we'll sell for you. Um, you know, that model is also easier. Um, it can be more uh, beneficial for, you know, the agencies, whatever's going on, because they get to focus on what they're best at. They don't spend any time training, educating. I believe we're in a different space than that, which is the consulting side um, or full service Amazon side, where we come in as the uh, as the brand or the manufacturer, whoever we're working with, the seller. Um, we're saying this is what we would do if we were you. Like we're, we're a partner, right? We're a fractional team. Um, which is to me, the difficulty level is way higher in that we have to educate, we have to communicate, we have to, you know, scale our teams to be able to have five, six, 10, 20 people that can speak to clients at an educated level and be able to speak, you know, intelligently to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, it's, it's taken a lot longer, uh, to build a company that can, you know, step into, 
higher tiered, even, even companies and be able to speak to them on a level that they're used to and educate them. And, you know, a big part of ours is bringing companies that have never been in, um, on Amazon or, or selling B2C, um, and taking them through that journey, which is a hard one, right? Uh, they've never done that before. They've never spent money on marketing dollars, uh, with PPC or something like that. What are some things that like one, I would love to know if like, you guys understand that challenge or go through the same things, the big communication part of account management that, you know, um, and then two, like how you, how you build, how you guys have built your team um, or how you recommend um, to others to think about when they're bringing people in to, to try to build something that takes a long time, which is to get a skilled team internally. Um, Any of those topics I think would be really beneficial to our listeners as we start to talking about how to hire free commerce. Yeah. We hire slowly and carefully. Um, And if that means, each new person we bring on will have a breadth of knowledge of what others within the company are doing. So be it. Um, and we want people to be able to interact with our clients, understanding because these are high sensitive topics, right? An account yeah. suspension could be a mission critical business ending event. Um, so if they're speaking to one person versus another, I want all of us to understand how to speak to that client, what kind of information they need from us, the types of things we need to ask them. Um, even early on in the process, right? As opposed to just, oh, well, we're really busy. I'm going to grab a bunch of bodies. I'm going to throw them at the problem and hope it works out with minimal training and minimal auditing of how they're doing and minimal back and forth. Because quite honestly, that's what Amazon's doing. They're throwing bodies at problems. Uh, There's a lot of scattershot approaches to things. There are process breakdowns. And like we were talking a moment ago, the Amazon teams are very, very siloed. Uh, they're famous for that. And whether it's deliberate or not, whether they think it works well or not is another story. We don't want to be siloed at e-commerce, Chris. We want to have people who are like, you know, Lee is working on a case like that. And I've got some examples, especially like we're going to be at conferences, right? People will approach us on in person, not just on the phone, not just via email. They're going to ask other people, other members of our team, right. what kinds of things Leah works on, what what kinds of things I work on. Um, we, we, we're very careful to share everything with the team. So we actually have a like a daily huddle and mm-hmm. everybody, including those doing social media, those doing customer service, the entire team is on that huddle where we go through the current client work that we're working on and all of the documentation that we're sending to clients is shared between the entire team as well. So it's not like if somebody's already done something, you don't necessarily have to do it from scratch. Mm-hmm. You can also learn from what other people are doing. And we're also very careful to talk about what have we been doing lately that's working? Because what works on Amazon changes. Right. Yep. Flexibility, agility. And so, so, so thinking about that, like when you're hiring, just to ask mm-hmm. like a more pointed question, mm-hmm. like the skills you're talking about are like communication, collaboration, mm-hmm. teamwork, yep. like um, attention to you detail. Know, communication attention to detail. Because clients need help communicating with Amazon. We need to be able to communicate with each other and with clients and with Amazon. We Humans need all can't three communicate of those. anyway, right? Yeah. Right. So we, but reading, we need three major forms of communication just for starters. I think reading comprehension is a very undervalued skill <laughs> in, in today's world that, I mean, essentially what we do is, at least half of what we do is reading comprehension, understanding what it is that Amazon means when they send vague, confusing right. messages. And so without that ability to look at things critically and even logically, it, you're not going to do very well here. So that's what we're looking for with team right. members, people who can think critically outside of the particular problem in front of them. Um, right. Something I tell Amazon sellers a lot and is actually part of my presentation at Prosper um, <laughs> is if you're unsure about whether you should do something on Amazon, think about if 
all sellers did this, would this be good for Amazon and their customers or would this be bad for Amazon and their customers? So many people in this industry just look at, well, this is going to be great for our account. So we're just going to go through this and, mm. and, and, and I'm sure it's fine. And you need to be able to critically think about, okay, but what if everybody did this? This probably wouldn't be good. And eventually that's going to get you into trouble. And if you're in a niche like ours, which is, you know, we do custom communication, custom appeal writing, custom content, not a lot of copy and paste, not a lot of generic templates, which um, a lot of other companies out there are doing. Amazon doesn't take that stuff seriously. That's why it doesn't work very well. Um, so if you have members of your team that you, you have to hire smart people, but you also need creative brains, right? Not yep. just, not just the, um, techies, not yeah. just, not just the high well, the IQ. Techies can't be creative, but I just mean right. like, you know, right. that technical, that technical like right. coder is different than like a creative or, right. Um, right. Yeah. And we have this weird, it's, you know, it's technology and it's also law a lot of the times and it's mm -hmm. also creativity. So it's this, you need to be able to kind of use all sides of the brain. To, to make things work. And, and experience, like we're not talking about experience, yeah. but like, sure. um, I think it's super, super important. Um, not just like who's the head of your company, but like the team in general, mm -hmm. um, you know, because a lot of these companies have great heads, one or one or two that are like, you know, very strong. And then from there, it's like, oh, okay, I don't know Be why, because it's such a young, you know, yeah. it's such a young industry. Yeah. yeah. But like, for example, at least with problem solving, when it comes to Amazon and case suspension and you know, we've had hundreds of probably accounts um, or ASINs or like between all the issues like unsuspended. And what you learn when you're dealing with that one seller that has that problem is they're stressed and they're already behind and they're already mm -hmm. losing money. Yeah. Yep. What you know is that with time uh, and, it, you know, with time and the right information, you can get almost anything resolved. Uh, and then for those times that you can't, with experience, you can say, you know what, Amazon's wrong in this particular situation, mm -hmm. or you know, and you either keep trying or or you go above. Like you know, I've I've done arbitration a couple of times and mm -hmm. won. Um, I knew we were right. I, the brand was giving me all of the information. I'd went there myself, you know, looked at the paperwork and was just like, I think this is this is a, one of those times where if we spend the money, you know, to mm -hmm. get some legal help, that we will win. Um, and there's no way you can know when Amazon's giving you an answer and they're wrong unless you've been right in the same situation right. before, right? Yeah. Which is where experience comes in. And well, I think yeah, patience is very big. I think, and you know, there are certain things that I always recommend getting an agency for over having somebody on your team do because of the breadth of experience that you're getting on a daily basis. So ads, for example, you know, we use an agency to run our ads because they're looking at hundreds or thousands of ad accounts every single day. They know what's happening in the ad space. And From it's the same as us. We're looking yep. at hundreds or thousands of accounts all the time. We're seeing the trends. We're seeing where things are going, which you looking into your one or however many accounts you have <laughs> are just not going to be able to see. Yeah. We want yeah. to hire people with the mental agility and flexibility so that, you know, we've talked a lot today about travel. I mean, if I happen to be on the other side of the world and not available in a conference or in a meeting, or I happen to be asleep and they're contacting another member of my team, that person can think independently in terms of not just, I've seen these before and Chris had me just send it to him to review it and to figure out what to say to that person. No, they understand from a diagnostic perspective, what kind of case it is, what kinds of questions I would be asking. And when they're asking the questions to the potential client or the seller who needs help, they sound like me, you know, and something I would think and something I would say, because they have that breadth of experience and knowledge and access to the, you know, the kinds of information um, to answer the question intelligently. Yeah, it took me a long time to get there. Sorry, Leah. Yeah. It, no, it, it, it's not an it, easy thing. Yeah. It's it not an easy a, thing. Um, just something that we were talking about the other week, which is a little bit 
different from what we're talking about right now. But we were saying that you know, the next time we hire somebody, we want to look at what else they do outside of work. Because in our experience, if people have lots of interests that they do, not just, oh, I would like to do this, but they actually are pursuing and they're regularly learning to the point that maybe they're even doing some of their hobbies professionally, it shows that ability to take something from knowing nothing to the next level on their own a lot of the times. But even, you know, even if they're getting help, it just shows that ability to to think critically and to learn quickly and and to think in diff- from different angles, I guess. Yeah, I think that's super important. Um, you know, no one's, I don't know if that's the case now, but at least like there's probably digital marketing courses, but there weren't e-commerce courses. No one was going to school right. for this. Right. No one, there weren't YouTubes like for days and days <laughs> and days, you know. Um, it started with my sisters and I'm so thankful because if they hadn't believed in what I was doing, because they trust me and they believe me, you know. So when I'm trying to show them this stuff, it wasn't like I was having to convince them. Um, but, you know, from there it built. Um, you know, but what I've learned and I'll share this with you guys, see if it resonates with you guys is like at first, um, I was speaking at our local university, uh, just like as a mentor there, an e-commerce mentor to volunteer and, um, got some of our first like interns that turned into employees. And some of them are still with us from UMKC. And we had some great results there. Um, but we also lost quite a few that moved on or that took more money than we had were bootstrapped. So it's been very much like get the money to be able to hire one and get one Mm part-time. And then like when you can make them full-time, make them Mm full-time. And, um, you know, so we went through that process um, because at first it was like, get anyone that's buying into what we're doing that like wants to be on the team. Like those are people, those are the people we want because we're just happy to have whoever. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of evolved because there weren't people that you could, we didn't have the budget to either go hire some talent um so it was like you needed to develop the talent kind of thing and now there's there's been an industry enough that you can almost go out and get some talent um but it was like you needed to develop it and i think something that we're at now is um adding a little bit more maturity um and age to our team Mm -hmm. and um even if that's like we have some seniors in our team uh like from a writing and coaching perspective that's helping our team we have um you know we've started bringing in maybe like late 20s early 30s i know Mm -hmm. it's a a different age group Mm -hmm. like to be specific about but ones that are like maybe have been strong in a career for six seven years and are looking for change and because i think we're talking about travel we're talking about like the motivating things and it's like what can we truly bring to the table outside of just revenue or money or you know some perks like that um you know the ability to travel the ability to um run more of their own schedule at mm-hmm. work or be home with their kids more or whatever the case might be that that lifestyle and you know marknology is big on culture so that lifestyle around e-commerce and what we do i think yeah. is just completely different um and so whenever we bring that value to let's say potential hires we're bringing more than just the work and right. you know what they bring to us it's like what can we bring to them and to them this lifestyle change can be like you know invaluable um yeah. and so we've been looking for those kinds of people that um it's a mutually a big win-win. Yeah. One of our most recent hires, she works with us 11 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. because she streams on Twitch every night. Okay. So she's up until like five in the morning on Twitch and then mm-hmm. sleeps and then works with us for, during the day. Um, and I love that. We have a big we have a big gamer too. Yeah. So it's, it's cool because, again, you know, she gets to do different things and they're all, you know, a little bit techie and a little bit related. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's able to work with us because, you know, we weren't like you have to be here at 8 a.m. and then from 5 p.m. You know, it, it makes it. And, you know, we have other employees with kids 
right. it, it certainly makes it a lot easier if you can build your yeah. schedule around them. And our clients are, are all over the world. It's not like we yeah. have to be somewhere to meet with them at a right. specific time. It's, you know, we've worked from Australia, which maybe isn't the best <laughs> with, with New Eastern Zealand, Standard yeah, Time, New Zealand, but, but it's, it's, it's flexible because we work with people everywhere. I like what you said about the culture of e-commerce because over time, I've seen that my path is not just Amazon. You know, I'm interested in other kinds of e-commerce entrepreneurs that aren't necessarily selling a product. Um, and this has led me and I think both of us to talk and, and think more about remote work. Mm -hmm. I mean, this actually predate, predates the COVID right. um, pandemic, but even, even more so now that more people are working remotely. There are different types of people who uh, remote work now, not just the digital nomads who have been known to be doing it for years and not just the prototypical, you know, 25 year old with the backpack who's going to the Canary Islands. There's actually a lot of people. I feel, I feel attacked. In the United States now. Uh, well, <laughs> she's been doing digital nomadism for over a decade. So for her, it's old hat. But for a lot of other people, it's newer. Yeah. And they they are in e-commerce, different facets. It could be services, could be products, could be a lot of things. But they understand how to get work done while staying on the move. And mm. that doesn't mean moving every day. It means maybe moving once a week, once a month. But mm. experiencing work in new environments, new locations where they might rub elbows with other e-commerce entrepreneurs who are also doing the same thing, who have stories to swap or have different complementing levels of expertise. That's a new kind of community that we haven't fully experienced yet. And maybe the silver lining to what we've dealt with the last couple of years is that we will get all those people together and they will be able to share those experiences oh, and, yeah, and knowledge. COVID definitely pushed remote work forward yeah. like 10 years. Yeah. I will say like one part of me was kind of a little bit like, bummed out in just that I created a job to be able to have freedom, like on my own kind right. of thing, you know, and then I'm like, now everyone has it. But it was like, <laughs> you know, that was what I felt was so Secret special about what I do, you know, it was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, I found this job where I can like be in sweats if I want or like mm -hmm. still make lots of money kind of thinking. And it was like, oh, my God, I figured out something that no one else has figured <laughs> out. But, um, you know, now that's more broad. What I something we've learned maybe on a um, little negative side or, or just like food for thought is um, in that same aspect of taking people that maybe have been uh, a GM of a restaurant, like, you know, crazy hours or like, or have been a banker mm -hmm. or like, you know, different roles like that, where they've had a very strict uh, structure maybe for most of their career. Mm -hmm. um, and while they'll appreciate the freedom that e-commerce brings and things like that as an employer looking to hire, I think you have to look for the kind of skills that, um, allow people to, unless you want to be a micromanager that's telling them every single thing to do is right. like, look, I'm going to give you a lot of freedom maybe that you've never had before in the workplace mm -hmm. and, um, you know, be able to trust that you can manage that time, um, and manage that quality of work. And, um, so if you're going to have that, that employee that can work from Bali or wherever, then there has to be this just level of trust between you. Absolutely. Um, unless you want to solve for that. And that's, you know, that's something we're still trying to solve for or find the perfect way. Cause we are not the, the team to be like micromanaging. That's just not, you know, ours is about lifestyle and quality of life. And that's mm -hmm. why we have such a great team is they like being there and they like who they work with. Mm -hmm. So if you take away those things and you've kind of lost, you know, your magic. So for us, we're still trying to solve for that, but it's essentially like, how to take people that maybe haven't been digital nomads for 20 years and still keep them being effective and, mm -hmm. um, you know, all those things. My sister Veronica that I've mentioned 
um, we're writing a book on how to how to work on the go. Oh, oh nice! Cool. Uh, how just like to. the little tips, our tips and tricks, kind of like things of like how to stay just as productive. Maybe it's a second screen. Maybe it's like you know um, little little hacks like that. Places to look for mm-hmm. where you're going to get the best Wi-Fi or quiet or like right. things like yeah. that. Remote kind of islands don't really sorely work out needed. So well. <laughs> I've looked at the literature. And it's there's a dearth of what you're describing. There are some things. Maybe we should co-write one together, like yeah. the four of us. That well, would be kind of cool. Now you speak in my language. Yeah, <laughs> you, no. I know you're. You already needed. said you're a writer, and I'm like, you know, we we um we'll go somewhere and write it together. That'd be kind of fun, and then we can co-market it. But oh. I learned that trick from my mentor. He co mm-hmm. he co-authors with people. It's a lot of fun. Oh, nice, nice. Um, yeah, well, we're big okay, believers so, in, like you said, freedom to decide yeah. how you want to apply your skills. And I was thinking of this. A bit ago, we were talking about people working at Amazon that that you've met and that I've met. Um, they are smart people. Their brains aren't always being applied in the role that they're doing for Amazon. Yes. And a lot of brands talk to us like, we can't believe, like, why is the messaging written like this? Or what are all the people working there just sort of clueless on how to? No, I mean, there are a lot of smart people there, but some of them aren't allowed to use those brains. Some of them just work on Sundays. Or some <laughs> of them just work on Sundays. Or they are told, this is our process, Um, submit some suggestions. You want to go to one of these meetings and say how you can improve it. We've all read the leadership principles, but is there something lost in the translation there? Because I know a lot of smart people, I don't think their skill set, I mean, they're way more skilled, whether technically or not, than I am. Um, they're smarter than I am. And I, I saw them not thriving at Amazon, but they were definitely useful for marketplace management of, of buyers and sellers and making sure it's a safe platform, making sure it's a, it's a place brands can feel okay to grow without being attacked. Um, some of those people end up leaving prematurely, I think, because their insights and their ideas are not, you know, necessarily welcome within the framework of, well, We've got a process. We can't just scrap it. We can't just right. rebuild it from the from the beginning. And it's like, well, some of these Amazon's processes not for need, creativity. <laughs> some of these processes, I mean, whether it's again tools or teams and, and human processes, some of them do need to be revamped in a substantial way. Uh, and Leah and I spend a lot of time explaining to clients, even on paid, like we have a one hour paid consult that we'll do. Sometimes the first, what, 20 minutes will be, why is it like this? Why are they talking to me like this? Why won't they talk to me at all? Why do they write me these messages? Why, 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 why? And it's almost like we're, we're those early parents, you know, with with the two-year-old, with the, with the toddler questions of why this, why this, why that, not to compare uh, all of our clients to (laughs) two-year-olds. Um, but it's the same concept of like, I just don't understand why it's like this. I grew my, I've doubled and tripled sales of this brand for the last three years. Why do I have to beg to talk to a category manager? Mm -hmm. Um, if I get a warning about a particular listing, whether it's the wording, whether it's a buyer complaint about the quality of the product, whatever, if I call into account health or if I send an email back, why is it so inscrutable to find out what the complaint was, what the nature, maybe not the exact complaint, just the nature of what you want me to appeal. Like get me in the ballpark. You don't have to get me right to my seat. Right. It's kind of that parent thing of like, uh, you know what you did wrong. I want you to tell me, like, like, tell me what you did wrong. Exactly. And that's the nature of their internal operations. That's one of the key pieces that needs to change. I had a light bulb moment for me when I went to, I think, Austin, Texas, and it was like for Launchpad or Amazon exclusives mm-hmm. or something. And I went there with one of my brands early on. This is like, I don't know, eight, 17, 18 or something. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, there's 30, 30 brand owners in there. We're like talking with them and it felt super cool to, I don't know, have created this thing like out of my, you know, bedroom. And then like, I'm like this agency thing, this brand Mm -hmm. thing. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was really cool. And, um, it was like, they're talking about something and they're like, um, well, like our developer, da, 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 da. And I, I learned that one, their team was like five or six people. Mm -hmm. Okay. For, for all of that. And then two, um, they said our developer and I like raised my hand. I was like, did you say like our developer, you know, uh, <laughs> like as in like a single one that you guys are sharing between a couple of teams and like, they're like, uh, yeah, we share the same developer across <laughs> several teams. Um, and to me, it was just this light bulb moment of like, wow, they really do have them in silos and it really is mm-hmm. automated and don't take it personal. You know, business is just as much mindset as anything else, right? Like, do you have victim mindset? Or are you going to like take that problem that happened that where a customer didn't pay you and screwed you over and now you're in a cash flow problem? Are you just going to take like fix it, get over it and fix it and figure out what you have to do to keep going? Are you going to be like, oh, my God, he screwed me. He screwed me. He screwed me. You right. know, so I think that's that's just kind of the mindset of the problem fixing. And it's like, so whenever you come into contact with, with clients, you're like, guys, be calm. You know, we don't have the answer. We'll get the answer, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And, and it's like, also one thing we realize whenever we get brands that just have the problems, like they're coming to us initially with a problem to solve, and then maybe we'll get the full service management if we fix it kind of thing. Yeah, That's how it works for us a lot. Um, it's like, they, they hold back some of the information. They might give you like three oh, yeah. quarters of it, but they're ashamed or they have like embarrassment around something or just like simply don't know. Um, and you're trying to solve something which like, you know, per Amazon's rules, they violated at some point, mm-hmm. right? And they're just saying, no, we didn't. And they're not giving you the information. It's like, listen, I'm like your doctor. Like I can't <laughs> help you with this, um, this problem you just had unless you tell me everything you've been taking and, you know, mm-hmm. what's been going on. Right. And um, that's a big part. And I, I think like with your guys' specific niche, it's you're getting a lot of stress. You know, you're able to help them in a big way, I'm sure, like when you are successful. But also when you get them, you're getting them at a like a stress point. Like, you know, they've just Definitely. been thinking about it like in a dating relationship. They've just been mm-hmm. like screwed over by an ex, you know, right, and they're like right. they're upset or they're losing money or their business might be on the line or sure. who knows. It's, it's like emotional. as much mental health as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah. seen we've had a lot of people talk about their mental health with us lately. Like clients talk about that lately. It seems to be getting worse, not better in Loss terms of, of dealing with Amazon. Yeah, I think I think all Amazon sellers say that they have trouble sleeping. Yeah, I think so. Let's talk about that as we round out. Like to me, mm-hmm. and I have one more question for you guys. To me, there's so many people that are afraid of Amazon mm-hmm. because they don't have the answers, right? right? And they don't know what they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what to do. They don't know who to go to. Um, they don't know what Amazon wants. Um, you know, they're just looking for the button to make it go away, you know, <laughs> and uh, honestly, um, and it's so fear. I don't know about you guys, but I'm very sensitive to fear. The pandemic just made it more intense. Like mm-hmm. everybody's had fear and I, I hate it. You know, I know it's there. Um, but it's something like I love Amazon, um, for an opposite reason. And that's mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever challenge business challenge comes up, whether it's Amazon themselves, whether it's like the competitors, whether it's the market, whether it's whatever, um, there's options. You know, and there's things we can do and there's ways we can prevent against it. There's ways we can protect the brand so this doesn't even happen. Preventative maintenance type stuff. Yeah. You know, there's all these things that you can do. So instead of being afraid, it's just simply like, let's let's set ourselves up with three or four options for supply chain if something happens with our IPI Contingency score. Contingency plans. Or, right. Yeah. Exactly. I would say 90% of the suspension, whether account or listing suspensions that we get, were preventable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we do work with clients as to prevent issues as well. And we actually 
generally prefer working with people before they're in in, in a major emergency problem. But yeah, I mean, a lot of it is preventable and a lot of it is just a matter of making procedures for things to make sure that, you know, the person you hired to add something to your listing isn't adding something that you're not legally allowed to say, which doesn't sound like something that would happen a lot, but that's like all of my cases right now is people didn't even realize that it was on their listing and it's, it was a disease claim or it was a pesticide claim. You got a lot of new business owners or like new, like you got agencies like us that are, you know, relatively new. Mm -hmm. I mean, like 10 or 11 years is not a lot. And Mm -hmm. uh, in the Amazon space, yes. And the rest of business, no. And you've got us like, you know, we know Amazon like a science, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean we know everything about, trademark infringements right. and copywriting right. issues exactly. and like you know these are things you have to learn on the go mm-hmm. um i was at the i was on the seller cruise i think i mentioned it briefly like I, I was a speaker there there's 25 speakers amazing speakers one of them was talking about you know um search find buy yep and um as someone been in the space a long time that's helped a lot of people with a lot of problems like i'm not a huge fan of you know anything that's black hat or like walking that line you right. know it's your own moral objections whether that bothers you or not right but for me um i was you know i'm literally like an advocate to not do these things and build your brand the right way right. take time and like you know all of that kind of stuff the so for me it's play, like not the short-term score yeah exactly. i've been in i have no reason of exiting or going anywhere so yeah, i guess yeah. i've always been long term like mm-hmm. that's just how i've thought about it like are we planning business for two years or a month mm-hmm. like yep. what are we doing you know yeah yep. Yep. and uh i was just sitting there and i was like this is how i feel about it i'm like look if you can get yourself out of whatever problem you're about to get into or potentially that risk for that doing that thing if you can solve it yourself then okay you should take that maybe take that chance like but if you can't solve it yourself if you can't get out of that problem like stay away from those things you well, know a lot of people think they can they go in with that mentality like well if i get suspended okay. i'll either i'll either get it done myself and if i get stuck i'll bring I'll somebody else in <laughs> yeah it, well they might they might say i'll hire someone and what they fail to understand is number one, if they keep doing it themselves over and over and over, they might be killing the chances for somebody to help them later. They just assume that somebody can come in and save the day and rescue them, which is not always the case. Secondly, a lot of sellers that we've interacted with have no idea how to properly vet a service for something this important, like reinstating their seller account. They'll assume they can do it on the fly without much research. They'll assume they can do it on the cheap. We're, you know, happy to say we're not the cheapest service out there, but we also have an, a level of expertise and experience that goes with the price tag, with copy and paste templates. Those are being shopped all over the place as we speak right now. Those are 90% useless and worthless. A lot you of sellers got, don't be know my that. question too, Chris. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. how do you go about, you know, with, with the title of our, um, the title of our podcast, how to hire e-commerce experts. Let's speak mm-hmm. to that. Let's speak to that. Just like in, in, the, in the last question, you already were there, but essentially like we're both agencies or service providers or mm-hmm. consultants at some level. Right. And there's others out there. I think there might even be 300 total Amazon right. ad agencies, right? Much, mm-hmm. Not full service, not problem solving, whatever. But mm-hmm. let's say there's 300 worldwide. That's not a lot. Do yeah. the math. Like if we all had a hundred clients, we're still not even touching. Right. Right. Of course. You know, right. Um, mm-hmm. And some need to ha- have about 10, not a hundred. Right. So, um, you know, that being said, a brand, an agency, a founder, whoever is out there like looking for someone to either partner with or like bring on to to help them give them advice, like from your guys's perspective, giving advice to our listeners, both of you, if you can, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are things you would look for um, when vetting a service provider, an agency or a team to work with? 
Do you want me to start? Yeah, you start. Okay. Uh, I think, and this will probably not be a popular answer, <laughs> but I think anything that you're hiring somebody for, you need to have a little bit of knowledge yourself on because how could you possibly vet somebody's experience or expertise if you have absolutely no idea what it is that they're talking about? I think also, is anything that they're saying verifiable? Like if their whole website talks about the great results or everything that they do amazingly, but that's not verifiable anywhere else, probably not, <laughs> probably not a good sign. Um, and are they able to give references? Like when they say, well, this is how we do this. Are they able to show examples why? And also, I mean, in terms of what we do, are they able to reference this particular part of the policy that applies to it? When I'm telling people what to do on Amazon, um, you know, if they're asking what they should do, I I'm specifically showing them where in the policy it says this. I'm not just being like, oh, you have to take my word for it because I know. If they aren't able to do that, then chances are they probably don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of, I think there are a lot of, there's a prolifer proliferation, sorry, of services out there. And some people are just tired quickly when they're searching for a service. They just say, well, there's so many of them and I don't have all day to call all these people and look at all their websites. Well, there's only a very small handful <laughs> or a few who are the real deal with real experience that aren't just, you know, kind of padding positive reviews for their services or uh, putting, you know, copy and paste type testimonials on their site. You have to have a thick skin. You have to have some street smarts about it. You can't just believe whatever claims you're told because unfortunately in the Amazon space, it's evolved into a, a world where people love to boast about things that they say they can do. People have started saying, we do everything. We're a full service agency that does this, this, this. Um, and sometimes they do those things, but they don't do them well. You know, it's the old jack of all trades, master of none. And with the kinds of work we do to reinstate listings and to reinstate accounts, that's a huge gamble to just take their word for it. Yeah. And some, some companies are even white, white labeling it. So the so seller even doesn't know even know who's it. working on it or what their background is. It's just, uh, we deal with this all the time. We have a company we use, we'll take care of it. Great. Because I hope that's true because it might not be salvageable if they're just blowing smoke at you and telling you that, uh, that rescue attempt might not succeed if it's after 10 appeals or 12 appeals. We have people maybe I should say this, we don't work with everyone. We have people who come to us way late in the game and I have to just tell them, I mean, we're not trying to get quantity over quality clients. Yeah. I have to tell people we can't help. But what do you mean you can't help? You worked at Amazon. You've done this how many years? Yeah, I know we're good at it. Yeah, you don't have to tell me that. Um, but you're too far gone. I have to have that conversation with way too many people now. And it's also because the more they mess up, or maybe they didn't touch it and they just hired the wrong people. The more that person screwed up, the the steeper the climb, the more work for us, you know, and then sometimes there's the difficult conversation of, well, we already paid them. And so we have less money for you. Well, okay, but it's more, you're, you've made more work for us and you're offering us less. So now I'm even less inclined to work with you because you didn't have a strategy. You didn't have a plan and you're expecting a savior. That's not what selling on Amazon is in this day and age. It's not, I can do whatever I want. Like you were mentioning black hat services and black hat sellers a minute ago. Um, understand before you get into that, that you could be a one and done. You could make one mistake. They won't care how new you are. They won't care that you trusted the wrong people. If anything, if you say, I trusted the wrong people, they'll say, well, now we're even less inclined to reinstate you because you don't even know what services to hire, let alone how to play the game by our rules. So it's a tough marketplace. I'm not saying it's easy. 
And I'm not saying it's it's easy for sellers to figure out which services to go with, but scrutinize who you hire and know exactly what they're doing for you and on your behalf. I think just to end it on a slightly positive, more yeah. positive note. Oh, I um... loved it. I was being quiet so we can get that as a <laughs> clip. Like that's going to be a social media clip for sure. We just uh, you nailed that, Le Leo. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I think I want to see we're... that on TikTok before the day is over. Okay. <laughs> I think it might be a little long for TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Um, just I think we were talking about this before we started recording. I think having your own trusted network, even if you don't have somebody in your network that does absolutely everything, chances are they know somebody who does. So having that community that you trust, that you know, can be a really big part of hiring right. Yeah, that's good, guys. That's such great advice. And um, humility. <laughs> we, we never tell everyone that we know everything about Amazon. We have partners, service providers that we know are experts. I know absolutely nothing about ads on right. Amazon. Just <laughs> we know ads experts. We know reimbursement case you know, experts. There, there are companies that we know and trust because we've sent them sellers. First of all, we have the humility to say, we don't do that. They know way more about this than us. And secondly, we've heard good things when we send people that way. That's what I want our referrals to be like, not, oh, I get a slice of their pie or I get a commission or a referral bonus. Um, I want it to be, I've sent a hundred people that way and none of them have come back upset with me. <laughs> no, I so. spend a ton of time just like on the cruise and all the networking events I go to. I say, I'm like, I'm not really looking for business. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't want to sit a booth and come and you walk by me, have to sell you. That's mm -hmm. not, I'm trying to attract the right businesses that yeah. are made for my team. That's why I'm not there running booths like that because um, I think the level of success on Amazon is, is 100% dependent on the partnership between the two teams. Like we can be amazing, but if you don't get out of the way, we're not going to be successful or right. if you don't engage. Right. So I know that just through experience. And so it's like, it's not about just grabbing any fish out of the barrel. You know, exactly. it's like, it's about finding the right one. Um, so everything I said was amazing. Like, you know, in my proposal process, it's like, I can sell you all day. I know everybody else has been selling you. Just like call my references, look at our work. Mm -hmm. You know, I've lost thousands of dollars for reputation to get mm -hmm. something right because my name was attached to it of course. You know, yeah. and, and didn't white label websites or social media or any of these things when we could mm -hmm. have been making money. Why reputation and trust? And, um, you know, when you're dating, like it, you're supposed to, like, if you go on a date, it's like, you're not supposed to bring your pat, your baggage with you and say, Hey, I'm sorry. I can't buy this meal. Like my last girlfriend took me for everything I had, like, you know, like <laughs> think about that. It's stupid. So, um, you know, the same thing with the business, like, you know, is this a friend of a friend? Like, did you find him on okay Cupid? Have you been talking a couple of months before you meet? Like, you know, yep. has there been like, that's a podcast today or that's yeah. like, you know, blogger materials or like get in there, like spend some time. Um, I spend tons of time finding right partners just like you guys mm -hmm. um, or like great videographers or great TikTok agencies or like whoever. So like when the time comes, let's just make a great introduction. This person is yeah. not going to screw you over. You know, that's how the world used to work before 2022. I think like, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the past, it used to be all about who you know and like an umbrella of trust and and respect and reputation and um, trying to bring some of that back to this space, you know, and um, just, just think about like, you know, the people that are spending tons of money on ads and all these kinds of things. Like there's a reason why mm -hmm. they need to keep landing new clients, right? right. Probably because they're having churn. Like I'm speaking in general <laughs> sense yep. here, but yeah. like, you know, we've all um, seen I'm, these things. I'm more mm -hmm. about building the brands I already have and them staying with me and creating relationship. And that also just means that we're not out like, you know, talking to every single person at the bar. Right. right. So, right. yeah. And that's why we don't offer every single service under the Amazon and umbrella because we, we don't need to. Yeah. And Honestly, we don't want to. <laughs> but we applaud your efforts and we will be there with you every step of the way. Honesty and getting back to the way things were 
where there was actually a relationship there, but based on something, there was something solid there, not just, hey, we met these people and we talked to them and we decided that we were going to share clients. On what yep. basis? Well, mm-hmm. you know, they seem to know what they were talking about. Or they, or they give a good referral. Business. Yeah, or they, or they give a, a good good affiliate yeah. link. Yeah. And and you're hiring an e-commerce expert. I love the idea. I love the concept. If you want to have a separate conversation about that sometime, I will be available. Okay, we Literally have some multiple. We're going to have a lot more podcast episodes mm-hmm. because I need one that's just about um, some of the clients you're turning away and the mm-hmm. ones that are too far gone. I think that would be great, and we can just talk some blood, blood and gore and guts. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, of some stuff that's not working. Slasher films. Just we see a lot of yep. how the sausage is made at Amazon. Right. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. I think people are going to take a lot away from this episode. It has been awesome having you both on. I know I'll see you at Prosper soon. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Possibly I'll even see you at. at Seller velocity. Yeah. Okay. I got, so I own a, a minority equity stake in a brand I've been building for four or five years. It's mm-hmm. there in Oregon. I've been all trying to get out to see him. Oh, awesome. Okay. You've got no excuse then. You're on the clock at this point. He set the yeah. bar for the rest of my clients. Like, right. I don't know. Once I met him, I was like, if clients aren't like this, then, you know, it's a problem for me. So, yeah. um, He's been begging me to get out there. I'll have to get out there. Yeah, you're awesome. officially invited as this well. Year, so this year's a two-day event, by the way. Most people are familiar with Seller Velocity from past uh, incarnations in Seattle, New York, and Boston. That was a one-day event. We packed in tons and tons of stuff. I'm sure we'll be packing in a lot this year, but it's a two-day event. So April 28th and 29th in Bend, Oregon. Well, thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you so much for your attention today. Once again, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Gusto. Once again, um, if you are looking for an all-in-one HR platform, it's time to check out Gusto. You have everything you need in just a few clicks of a button. You even get three months free when you go to gusto.com backslash startup hustle. That's gusto.com backslash startup hustle. I will have all of our guest information in the show notes. Um, if you're listening on Apple or iTunes, Spotify, wherever, we're going to have all the notes there. You can figure out where to contact Leah and Chris. If you guys have questions on Amazon, I just want to follow their journey, follow their content, find out more about the conference. Um, thank you all. and We'll see you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.